0: the attendants, please prepare for takeoff.
1: Wheeler, cycling line A, scores! I don't believe my eyes. Wheeler gets a hat-trick. Oh, my goodness. another by Hattabot. and the Winnipeg Jets are going
2: back to the Stanley Cup
1: playoff. Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. No shortage of things to talk
3: about here on this uh, latest edition of Ground Control. Jamie Thomas with Mitchell Clinton and Tyler Escovel. Four games in six days for the Winnipeg Jets. Not their best week in terms of wins, but the most important thing as we get into things, the Jets remain in first place in the Central Division. Uh, two points up on the Nashville Predators with those two games in hand. Uh, Mitch, we always go with the person that was up close and personal. You're with the uh, Jets for the three-game road trip out east. Um, just a thing that stands out, include you know, Here's an incredible part about this hockey club. First time this year they've lost three in a row, but they bounced back with a huge win in Buffalo.
1: Yeah, and even after the game against the Montreal Canadiens, they—I mean, every player and coach—I mean, that's might be one of Paul Maurice's uh, most shared quotes on Twitter I've ever seen. Was mm-hmm. coach is no good, players no good, food was no good. Just hope the plane works. The plane did work. Yeah. Uh, so there was that, but uh, they kind of just wanted to move on from that one and. They did in Ottawa, obviously didn't get the result that they were looking for. They were 15-4 and four coming off of a loss of any kind going into that game. Um, and obviously didn't get the the result, but they liked a lot of things that they did there. One of the things that Paul Maurice said after the game in Buffalo was just the fact that you have a game like you do against Montreal where nothing was working right. Connor Hellbeck was was amazing in that game, let's not forget that. But still, just nothing was going the way the Winnipeg Jets would have liked. Uh, So instead of, you know, trying to fix a bunch of things, he said they kind of just focused on a couple, two different, two to three things uh, that they wanted to get a lot better at. They were really good in the offensive zone. I thought uh, Nielsen just played great for, Mm -hmm. for the senators. Um, And then it was just gap control was one of the things that Paul Maurice said, we have to do better going into Buffalo. They were really good at that against the, against the Sabres. And uh, obviously coming out with a, with a big three, one win that, uh, that goal, I think you could see the, the celebration from Wheeler. Number one, I think, was because obviously it gives him a lead with under four minutes to go. But also, that was one heck of a pass from Josh Morrissey, and it was at the tail end of a shift that uh, was absolute dominance. And it's something it's something to see a shift like that at the end of a three-game and four-night road trip, four and six, like you mm-hmm. said, back-to-back on, back on the road. Yeah, it was... Uh, there was ever a time for a shift like that. It was that one.
3: Josh Morrissey missed the game in Montreal, and that that plays a huge role in possibly how things turned out there. But uh, how did he look in his two games returned? Of course, we we'll get to Dustin Buffalo in a second, but yeah. it's a rare thing to see Josh Morrissey miss a game because of yeah. an injury.
1: Well, he didn't even want to miss the one against Montreal, mm-hmm. but uh, as as Maurice said, like you know, Dustin Buffalo was coming back, so you know they. If there was ever a time that Morrissey could could sit one, it was probably that one. Um, and even still, uh, Morrissey went out for a quick skate. It was, if it was 10 minutes, that would, that would be the, the, the longest it was. He's moving around. All right. Uh, head athletic therapist, uh, Rob Millette was watching every single stride and, you know, I guess they just decided at that point that maybe it's, it's a no go, but, uh, he gave it a go. He tried to play, but, uh, Paul Maurice just kind of held him out. Then yeah, he jumps right back in against Ottawa and was exactly how you would, Expect Josh Morrissey to be just as smooth skating as and as good of a puck mover as ever.
3: Dustin Bufflin returns after a 15 game absence in Montreal. You touched on a little bit. Uh, of course, you're going to have it's not going to be Dustin Bufflin, 100% Dustin Bufflin that we got so used to seeing. Right. What did you see from him in the three games? And then I'll ask Tyler the same thing when he was watching as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you miss 15 games. It's going to take uh, a little bit to kind of get back. Um, I think as the road trip went on, you started to see him make those moves down the wall, holding players off. Uh, it just, yeah, it's just one of those things that it takes a little bit to kind of get back up to the pace and the level that you were playing at. But I thought Dustin Bufflin came in and, and played well. He and Ben Sherratt were paired together. It's a pairing that uh, Paul Maurice has gone with uh, very frequently. I think it was just a little bit of some adjustment time uh, for both of them, just kind of getting back to. Uh, how that pair works and what they each have to do to make each other better. Um, but yeah, like I, like I said, as the road trip went on, I thought they uh, they did well. Tyler,
3: what did you think of Dustin Bufflin's return in the, in the three games? That he... Very similar to what Mitch sort of
0: observed. You know, he you know he didn't really, I didn't feel like I noticed him a whole heck of a lot. Um, not that that's a bad thing at all, but you know, like Mitch said, just sort of easing yourself back into the swing of things. And uh, I thought... Yesterday in Buffalo uh, on Sunday was was the game that he sort of really sort of emerged. And okay, that's the Dustin Buffalo we're used to seeing. Uh, and again, just looking at his stat lines from the last three games 25 minutes against Montreal, 22 51 against Ottawa, and 23 and a half minutes uh, roughly against Buffalo. So was not eased back into things. Uh, and Paul it, Maurice did say that. He said, We're not going to ease him no. back in 15 minutes. Exactly. Or, yeah. So, you know,
3: and he even got a couple of penalty minutes in each, or uh, mm-hmm. the last two games of the road trip. So
0: that's Dustin Buffalo we're used to seeing.
3: That game, Mitch. Uh, in terms of penalties against, uh, you could see there hasn't been many games where we're sitting there going, "Okay, what is going on here?" And the coaching staff. I haven't seen Paul Maurice get as upset as yeah. he was. I saw him talking to Blake Wheeler to ask the officials what's going on here. Have you seen that in quite some time? And was it? Uh, yeah,
1: it was a little bit different, but yeah, like I mean the the penalty the penalty kill was really good against the Sabers, yeah. and, and it had to be. Uh, but even still, Andrew Cupp was uh, after the game was talking about uh, the one goal that Jack Eichel did score came seconds after Brian Little's uh, penalty expired, uh, so he was still taking the taking the, the the feeling that they had given one up, but mm-hmm. statistically they hadn't. Um, but yeah, like you mentioned, the, the Jets have been very good with their sticks, especially the last few weeks, and then it just seemed that uh, any time that a stick got up or a Glove was in and around a player it was it was getting called so but that's that's just how sometimes the games are going to go and I think it speaks to the fact that the Jets were able to not only kill those penalties off but come out with two points and Sometimes it can it can feel like things are going against you that way. You just kind of have to find a way to win, and the Jets did that.
3: We stay in the, the special teams department. There was my, one minor kink heading on the road. Patrick Lanay goes to the second power play unit. Jack Rosovic goes in his place. What did what was Paul Maurice's thinking behind this? And after that, what did you think of that decision?
1: Uh, I mean, it was because Jack Rosovic was hot. I mean, coming mm-hmm. out of the coming out of the player break, you had five power play goals, of course, three of those coming against Anaheim, but, uh, and then Mark Shifley is also, there was a time during the power play, I think it was last season, where that, that unit, Mark Shifley and Patrick Laine, would almost kind of rotate. Mm-hmm. They would be, and it would be within the same power play shift where Shifley would be in the slot, kind of where he normally is, and then as the the puck moved around, all of a sudden Patrick would be in the slot and Mark Shifley would be on the other side. They went on a stretch where they scored a number of goals with Shifley in that that, that backdoor spot. So Mark obviously has some experience doing that. Um, but yeah, they just wanted to, to switch it around and, and reward Jack Roslovic for being... You know, playing as well as he was uh, on the on the power play, and plus that second unit had been had been playing very well, so uh, that's why you would you would move Patrick there. So uh, I think both units got some looks uh, throughout the road trip. Um, it'll be interesting to kind of see if Paul Maurice kind of continues with it, uh, if it's something that that he sticks with. Uh, or if he switches it back just because he wanted to experiment a little bit with it. But uh, as he always says, like, it's about getting wins right now, not so much experimenting, 100%. so that's maybe a bad choice of words. But yeah, um, yeah, I'll be interested to see as this three-game homestand uh, starts on Tuesday if that's how the power play units stack up again.
3: Tyler, watching the power play as well. Dustin Buffin's last game against Minnesota just happened to be Patrick Lane's last power play goal. So 15 games ago now we're going into 18 since the last power play goal for for Patrick Laine. What did you think of the two different units, flip-flopping with Jack Roslovic and, and Patrick Laine?
0: It was definitely a different look. You know, for the last season and a half, we've been sort of very accustomed to seeing, you know, the standard unit with Patrick Laine on that left side. Um, obviously that wasn't the case this trip I think when when the Jets did manage to get set up in the offensive zone to move pucks around I thought they looked good it was it was a different look I think there's just such a, a danger factor with Patrick Line on that left side and not that what they did wasn't good because like Mitch said and Paul Maurice said this was about Jack Rostovic having success so um, I thought it was it was a, it was a good look I didn't I didn't mind it I thought there was they were different in different areas I guess to say so um, I, whether or not we see the same uh, tr- our power play uh, units go out against the Rangers on Tuesday I guess we'll have to wait and see but um, I didn't I didn't not like it i guess mm-hmm. you know i i just would like to see obviously one go in for them just to sort of vindicate the idea right. um but you know and the other thing is we didn't really get a chance to see patrick glani on that other side or on that other unit as well just given the nature of you know the amount of power plays we got and also you know the first unit staying out there for quite a long time and as we've seen all season you know that second unit has scored off a lot of rush chances just based on the fact that they're you know it's they got to do it fast they got to do it quick so
3: um I guess we'll see on Tuesday what uh, what happens with the power play. An integral part of the first unit power play is Mark Shifley. Our special guest on Ground Control this week, this time around, is the Jets centerman. Here's our conversation with him.
1: 50-50 tickets are now available online for all Winnipeg Jets games. Buy yours before the start of the third period by visiting tnyf.ca slash 5050 in support of the True North Youth Foundation.
2: This is Mason Appleton. You're listening to Ground Control, the
3: official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, pleased to welcome to the Ground Control podcast, uh, Winnipeg Jet centerman Mark Shifley. Mark, we we're going to talk about lots of things on the ice, uh, other things off the ice, but in particular, you have been pretty busy with some foundation and, and some charity work as well. Kids sport. Uh, also, you were with the, goal, the NHLPA's Goals and Dreams Fund the other day, gave out some free equipment to some player, some kids. Just what do these types of things mean to you, and why you get involved with them?
2: Um, I just think you know, in the situation, in the position that we're in as you know, professional athletes, especially you know, hockey players in a Canadian market, I think it's so important to to give back to the community. Um, you know, we have the opportunity to to make a lot of a lot of people's lives better, and you know, I think um, you know, I don't think you can ever take that for granted. It's such a it's such a cool opportunity to to help someone. You know, whether it's one pe- one person, whether it's a hundred people, no matter how many it is. I think it's a, a pretty cool thing to be able to to help out someone in need. What are you doing with kidsport in particular then? Um so I run a I run a, a hockey camp and a golf tournament. Um I think this past year was my fourth year of it, so this upcoming year will be the fifth. Um maybe sixth actually. Um It it runs by fast. It, it goes by <laughs> it goes by fast. But um, you know, obviously kids sport is um you know, helping kids out with you know that don't have the the financial uh support to be able to play sport so that it gives uh you know those kids in need the underprivileged kids uh, a chance to be able to play sport um you know so we've raised you know probably close to a million dollars over over those years um you know last year we, we raised two hundred and ten thousand and uh you know it's continuing to grow you know the the community has really gotten behind behind me in kids sport which is which is awesome and um you know the feedback we've gotten is has been amazing so um, you know, that's something that I definitely look forward to every year. And, um, you know, I find it pretty lucky to, to be supported by that many people in, you know, in Winnipeg. You had mentioned to me uh,
3: last week that you were fortunate enough, your parents were able to provide you with equipment. So I just I imagine it must be very rewarding to see someone's face, a little, a little kid's face, knowing that they're going to get the same opportunity that you did with some nice equipment.
2: Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, I think that's, that's one of the coolest things. You know, when a kid, you know, maybe never have, never – would have even thought he would have had the chance to play hockey or or play a sport in general um to give him that opportunity and and give him gear whether it's just for fun whether he's playing at a high level no matter what it is i think sports is is so crucial in a kid's life um just because it teaches you so many so many life skills you know teamwork you know learning how to you know be disciplined within a team you know listening to listening to coaches um you know there's so many valuable skills that i learned growing up and at the same time you're having fun at fun with it and you you know you meet some friends that are going to last a last a lifetime and i think you know those parts of um you know life can be can be overlooked and you know for me to give give that chance to a kid that you know wouldn't have had that opportunity um you know otherwise is is pretty awesome and it definitely uh it definitely humbles me you know every day to to know that i can make that difference
3: you also got questioned by kids the other day are you always a little bit nervous because of you know kids are pretty good at saying stuff and what's on their mind are you always nervous when a question is going to come out because you're not quite sure what they're going to ask
2: uh, i'm usually pretty good at uh at deflecting something if i don't if i don't want to if i don't want to answer it yeah. but uh you know kids are kids are pretty awesome it's always fun to to joke around with them and um you know, hear some funny questions. So, you know, there's there's always been a been a few weird ones, but it's a, it's always in good fun and it always makes the kids laugh. So, um, you know, that's what it's all about. One of the kids the
3: other day asked you about who your favorite player was growing up, and it was Steve Eiserman and you had a pretty good short story about how you actually ran into him when you were a kid. And can you can you share it with our listeners?
2: Yeah, so it was when I was I think I was probably you know twelve or thirteen years old. Um, me, my brother and sister, and my dad went. You know, we'd go to one uh, one Detroit Red Wing game a year. Um, and we were at one and, you know, someone that was sitting beside us was like, oh, like you know, Steve Eiserman and Pat Verbeek actually will walk down, you know, these stairs to go to this, this, you know, stairwell to go down, you know, after the game. So if you, if you meet him there, you know, you might sign your stuff. So we ended up do we ended up doing it, um, ran into him, asked if so he could sign our jerseys and, um, and he did. So it would be, uh, it's, it's, it's cool too. I actually, I actually have a, a signed Steve Eiserman jersey and a signed picture of Steve Eiserman in my, in my condo. Um, and the one actually is personalized to me, so it's it would be pretty cool to um to tell him that tell him that story one day and um you know being in the situation that I am in now, so um maybe one day i 'll get to share that with him How often have you run into him since through hockey now and since as a professional <clears throat> once ever. once other I was in st john 's playing yeah. uh you know, it was after my junior junior year ended. I was in St. John's and we were playing against Norfolk. Or yeah, we were playing against Norfolk, and that was uh, you know Tampa's farm team. And I ran them, ran into him at the hotel, and just kind of said, "Hey, you know, I'm Mark. <laughs> nice to meet you." Um, and that's the only time I've ever ran into him since. Did you have that still that same excitement when you saw him? Even oh yeah, I, like yeah. I, I was like nervous to like go up to him and like should I go say hi or like what should I do here? So it was uh, it was pretty cool. Is there anybody else in the hockey world now that you still have that nervousness
3: when you see or when you approach them? Or is it pretty much done now? As as you've gotten further into your NHL career, I
2: think there's definitely guys that you still would, you know, Mario Lemieux, Mario Lemieux, Wayne Gretzky. I think those guys, no matter no matter how well you knew them, um, they would always be, um, you know, guys that you would kind of be, you know, in that in that shocked, yeah, um, mentality. But uh, you know, I'd say those guys, or I'd say other, you know, guys in other sport, like you know, Roger Federer or something mm-hmm. like that. I'd be pretty, you know, I actually got to meet Roger Federer a few years back at a at a Rogers Cup event um, in Toronto, but you know, I'd say, you know, maybe someone in another sport might might have, might have that feeling.
3: You're pretty big into tennis. Uh, how great was it to have the Rogers Cup every summer to go to since you were around that area?
2: Yeah, it's awesome. Um, you know, I've, I've done I've done a lot of things with Rogers um, over the last few years too, so I've gotten a, a pretty good chance to to meet some pretty cool people. I met Milos Raonic, um last year, actually, mm-hmm. this, this past summer, which was pretty cool. Um, you know, so it's really cool. I, I I love watching tennis. I wasn't able to go to any of it, but my parents actually, I was able to get them tickets to to go down for the day, and they were able to watch. Uh, you know, Djokovic and Nadal both played that day, so they uh, oh, man. they were there the whole day, and they they loved it. My goodness! So was it your mom and dad that got you into tennis? Was that just a fan, a thing or whatever? Yeah, they yeah. they played tennis growing up. Yeah, um, they were actually pretty good. Um, they played. Like mixed doubles, you know, when they were when they, you know, first they started cool. dating. <laughs> yeah, when they were when they were younger, um, before having before having us kids. But uh you know, they still play tennis with us nowadays, you know, they they they're not moving as fast, but they still can hit a ball pretty well. My dad loves to put spin on it. I don't think there's a shot that he doesn't put spin on. <laughs> right. Um but he you know, it's always fun to to whack the ball around with them and they, they got it. me and my brother and sister are all into tennis, so um, you know, even the summer, whenever me and my brother have a, have a, have an off day and we, you know, get a chance to play tennis, it's always, it's always so much fun. And, um, you know, me and him have some pretty intense games. There's been some fights and some, uh, some hurt feelings, um, you know, over the years with him, but, uh, you know, me, me and my brother probably play the, you know, we're the most competitive with each other. Is your sister more competitive than you guys then? No, uh, she's probably, she's probably the, you know, she used to be really competitive, mm-hmm. you know, but we've, we've all kind of, uh. You know, I used to be a snap show when I was really young, like breaking rackets and like throwing things. But I've gotten better. (laughs) My brother, my brother's always been like the most tame. Like he's always been the most reserved. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh. But you know, we always kind of overlooked him. We you know we we never looked at Kyle as being as good as he is, and then he'd go out and beat us both, and we're like, like, where'd this come from? Um. So it's it's always fun to you know you know obviously I don't get to do much during the year, whether it's golf or tennis or whatever it is. But whenever I get home. Um, in the summers, I, we always we always get out golfing, and um, you know I seem to always bring the best out of my brother. Whenever I play with him, he'll be like, "Oh, I've had some really really bad rounds lately," and then um, then I play with him, and he goes and shoots the best best round of his life. So um, it's always fun to fun to play with him. As of January two thousand nineteen, who is the best tennis player in the Shifley household? I'm gonna go with me. Okay, my my tennis game is pretty good. I haven't I haven't played a lot, but mm-hmm. um, my tennis game is. Is pretty good. I've be I, I I played last summer with my brother a few times, and I think I took the I took the win the the few times we played. So I got I got the title
3: right now. I talked to Nick Ehlers last year on the Jets TV live post game show. He said he could beat you in tennis. He I think he, I, he said he can do the between the leg shot and everything. He was bragging about it on the show. So I think I think, I, think
2: if... I I played badminton growing up. Um, <laughs> me and me and my me and my good buddy Ben Finelli. Actually, we've been um playing uh pickleball. In the mm-hmm. summer's a bunch uh, his girlfriend has a has a spot um, where they have like a pickleball court and everything and mm-hmm. we, we'd be out there for hours and hours um, there was one weekend actually that uh, Julian Melchiori was actually with us too oh jeez um so we had we, we were literally we were literally playing pickleball for we might have played like a. I think it was a best like seven out of sixteen or something like it was something outrageous mm-hmm. um, and like the final game took like probably 45 minutes it was it was like oh, it was and we were we were, we were in our bare grueling. feet too and we were like by the end of the day we were like all sore and we we're like why do we do that but like one of the most fun days of the summer for sure <laughs>
3: you just talked about golf you're on the canadian tour this year what, what was that experience like i know you were very exhausted after the first round but overall how did you how did you like it and i imagine you have a little bit more appreciation than you already
2: did for professional golfers oh big time um you to see what you know you know, guys that are still making their way to try to, you know, try to reach their dream of getting to the PGA, um, to see how good they, how good they really are. And, um, you know, couldn't imagine how good, how, how amazing the guys that are, you know, at the top of the, at the top of the leaderboards of the PGA are, it would be, uh, so it was really cool. And I think, you know, the biggest thing that I learned out of it was just like the mental fortitude that you need to get through a full round. Mm -hmm. You know, I played, I played two rounds and it was very average golf, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, but to, to get through a full round, like, you know, by whole 11 or 12, I was like exhausted and I was like, and it's just, you know, you're not physically exhausted. You're walking around and you're not, it's not like you're sweating and right. and dying in that sense, but you you know, your brain has been working so hard at, you know, focusing on every shot and focusing on every putt and, you know, figuring out what lie it is. There's so much, you know, so much going on neurologically. It's, uh, it was uh, really cool to, to see it from that angle. Will you do it again? Oh, if I if I had the chance again, I would for sure do another one. Were the guys watching? Yeah, guys, the, the guys, the guys were following around, yeah. following along the whole time. Like I know, I know, Copper um, tweeted at the Jet saying we need like a live feed of of what's going on. Um, so I I think uh, you know next year maybe we could get a get a get a camera crew following around for a live feed for the boys. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Tyler Eskville <laughs> on that one, so we're gonna have to bring out the old <laughs> DeGero <laughs> and follow Mark around on the tour. So. Speaking of Andrew Kopp, uh, your roommate, how did the you guys getting together as roommates occur and how great of a roommate has he been since that moment?
2: Uh, he's been awesome. Um, you know, it started off, uh, it was last year where he, it was just kind of, um, he was over every day anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like, I have an extra room, like, you know, might as well move in. And he was like yeah sure so he got out of the lease in in his place and and moved in it's been it's been awesome since you know we we get along really well um you know Saturdays are probably the you know during the college football season are our most tense days because I don't really want to watch college football and he get he gets the controller on that day and that day only so yeah um but it it's been awesome he you know we we you know eat we, we both are healthy guys we both eat really healthy um you know we both like to take care of our bodies so um you know it's a lot of uh you know a lot of resting and you know recuperating and doing things that we need to do to to recover to to play the next night but um you know it's uh you know it's fun it's fun living with him he's a he gets a little angry sometimes he gets a little grumpy but I I like to try to get it out try to get a smile out once in a while I will say this about Andrew Kopp do not knock Tom Brady at any moment
3: in any conversation because he'll change on you Oh yeah, the, uh, yeah you, can't, you can't
2: you can't you can't chirp what you, you can't chirp Michigan. If you chirp Michigan, yeah. Which I always do, just to well, just to get to. just to get a razz out of him, yeah.
3: It's not a, it's not a good idea. Yeah, he turned on me real quick the other day when I was talking about this. <laughs> you remember
2: that Tom Brady video that came out? That yeah, yeah. Video. He was not happy. Oh, he was, Yeah, yeah. I yeah. know. He, he sent it to me right away, and I was like, <laughs> I agree. Was I, I agree. I'm, a, I'm a big Tom Brady fan too, yeah, so I, I understand that. You went
3: to, the, you went to the Super Bowl, and he, he deserves it. It was just I found it humorous how quickly he turned on you. Yeah. And normally such an open
2: guy. But, oh yeah, uh, he yeah. would. He, yeah, if you if you mess with if you mess with Michigan, he's he's uh, he won't be afraid to throw it back. Um going to the All-Star game this year. How important was that
3: to you to to hear that announcement and how excited are you to to go to the game?
2: Yeah, I'm really excited. Um you know, uh you know, it's one of those honors that um you know you dream of, you know, growing up. Um you never know if you're actually going to get get there and um you're know, actually be actually be selected for the All-Star game is um, you know, it was a pretty special day, and you know, even even more special to be selected with you know with Blake Wheeler. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm really excited for the event, and really excited to see what it's all about. But, um, definitely very honored to to be selected.
3: Last year during the skills
2: competition, leading up into the fastest skater, I heard
3: rumors that guys would not want to take part because Connor McDavid clearly is who he is in that department. Uh, is there any skills competition part that you'd like to avoid, if any of them?
2: definitely that one <laughs> that one that one for sure um they might as well just let connor do it and be and and, and not have anyone else just be like can he break his record if he if he does if he gets anywhere close to it then mm-hmm. he he has it no one else has to do it what about the skills where you have to saucer pass the puck into the small net i i thought about it since since being selected and i'm like man those look tough like mm-hmm. some of those some of those uh those challenges look really tough and especially when you got a, a ton of people watching you and um, is it worse that your peers are there, your fellow... Oh, for sure it is because, yeah. you, know, you know, definitely if you if you suck at it, you're definitely going to get a lot of rousing. So, um, you know, that that definitely makes me a little nervous.
3: Uh, anybody out there at uh, in the, in the All-Star Game this year, one of your friends or close friends that uh, that you train with or anything? I know Stamkos is one of them. Yeah, a, yeah a, a lot of yeah. good
2: buddies. Obviously, Connor, uh, Stammer, um, you know, pretty good buddies with Jack Eichel as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's definitely a lot of guys that I... That I know really well, so it'll be. It's always good to, to see them and um, you know, get to get to talk shop and talk hockey with them and, and enjoy a, a pretty special event with them.
3: The All Star Game comes under criticism, but I know this is your first. Do you think the players, or particularly the younger players, do you think they're
2: excited as you are to go to it? I think so. It's a reward, is it not? Yeah, I, I think it definitely is a reward, and it's something that you know, it's something you can kind of cross off your list too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 one of those honors that. Um, you know, not a lot of people get, and I think that's something you never can take for granted. Um, you know, obviously when it comes down to to rest and and getting your rest in, um, you can still do that, but um, it's definitely one of those things that I think a lot of a lot of young guys look forward to, and um, if they get the chance, they definitely relish that opportunity. You wrote for the Players Tribune
3: last year. Your top five players has that list changed in one year?
2: Oh, uh, who did I say? I said Connor and Crosby, Yossi. I'm trying to remember the other two, but it- Car- I think Carlson and Price. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. It's still it's still pretty close. Like obviously, mm-hmm. Connor and Crosby are 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 one two. Um, you know, it always changes. Is like the you know you get asked a question where it's you know most impressive right now or mm-hmm. fun to watch. You know, and that's kind of different than than maybe the consensus of you know the the top five players in terms of points. So um, you know, I'd probably I'd probably throw McKinnon in there. Yeah, um, he'd probably he'd probably be the one guy that I'd probably add. He's uh, he's a pretty special player. How fun was writing that article? It was really fun.
3: Um, I like the videos that came with it. The ex- the, they did a nice job with that. But that, that must yeah, they did
2: a, they did a really good job with it. And um, you know, I I really enjoyed just to kind of talking and, talk and shop. It wasn't it wasn't just a a standard interview where it's kind of you know this you know the same kind of candid questions. It was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. It was a lot more things were that I'm passionate about that I was yeah. able to talk about. Um, I did another one about nutrition with with GQ. That was also fun, just because yeah. it was it was more in depth of um, things that I'm passionate about and things that I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a, a lot different than you know the the, the standard interview.
3: With you and, and and cop being so into nutrition, do you judge your other
2: teammates that may may not be as into
3: nutrition as you two are? Are you <laughs> judgy?
2: Uh, once in a while, if you see a guy you know hammering a hamburger, maybe you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna Know roll your eyes at them, but yeah. at the end of the day, you know every guy is different. You know right. you're not gonna you're not gonna be mad at a guy for for what he's eating, but um, you know it just doesn't mean that we're gonna eat that way. <laughs> um, you love Marvel movies, comic movies, um,
3: just Infinity War. Is there a top three list at that moment? Speaking of top, you know top five lists that where you would go in order of what you like the best.
2: Um, I'll probably go. Infinity War is definitely number one. Like yeah, it's, it's got to be. And then no I think, question. then I think Thor Ragnarok. And then I for number three, I'd do probably either Winter Soldier or Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange was so good. Oh, they're all they're all getting so good now too yeah. that it's like, um, you know, now I just can't wait for the next one. You see, like literally, you see a trailer for Captain Marvel, and you're like, just like can it can it be March already? And then yeah. you see then you see a uh, trailer for for Endgame, and you just want it to be May already. So it's uh, it's exciting to um to think about the the prospect of, you know, what's to come.
3: W- will you go to a movie on the road? Are you that type of guy or are you more just in your room after? I did last
2: year. I did last year. We were in Nashville when yeah, when Infinity War to. came and uh I think it was me and me and Helly and I forget who else went. I think 5 of us went when we right. saw it and it was actually an unreal theater, like you, like we, like that massive like, one. Yeah, and, yeah. Like literally, like you can lay out, like you're you're pretty much lying on like a lazy boy.
3: Yeah, um, which was awesome. So fifteen dollar pops too. They had this big mass. I saw oh, some people. Yeah. Yeah,
2: I saw the full, like bigger than a big gulp. I saw. I was quite impressed with it. Yeah. It was, so yeah. I was I was excited to, um, to be able to go to that for for a movie like that. I'm not usually a movie guy on the road, but mm-hmm. if it comes to a Marvel movie, I will, I will definitely go to a movie on the road. What's
3: your favorite thing to do on the road in what particular city when you do get out? And I know that you're very in the moment and, and so on and so forth and focusing on the game, but what do you like to do to kind of get away from things on the, when you get away from home?
2: Um, I think dinners are always fun, you know, when you go to dinners with the guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I like watching my TV, All you know, shows, whatever it is. Um, you know, I use TV as kind of a getaway where I just kind of, you know, get in um, – You'll get into a into a series or a or a movie or whatever whatever it is, and that's kind of my my time away from the game. Yeah. Um. So I haven't been. I, I've I've been watching The Good Doctor. Um. That's Are one they one my la- That's one of my latest one. I really I really like it. Okay. Um. A new episode just came out yesterday, so um. I need to watch that, but I haven't really got super into a into a show in a while. Punisher season two is coming out. You're going to be on that one or? I haven't watched that one yet. You haven't watched Punisher? I, I, like, I like having, when I go into a new series, I like to know that there's like six seasons. Okay. So I can be like into it forever. Right. But I haven't found like that one like that in a while. You got a game today, so I should let you go. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your time.
1: No, thank you. Shop where the player's shop. Jetsgear and truenorthshop.com are your authentic team stores. Make sure to stock up on all your favorite Winnipeg Jets and Manitoba Moose merchandise today. Visit one of the five Jets gear locations or shop online at truenorthshop.com.
3: Tremendous conversation with the centerman from the Winnipeg Jets known as Mark Shifley. Uh, very nice to see him so relaxed. Usually he's got the game face on when we, when you when you have conversations with number 55. So uh, it was really cool to see him in that way. and. Uh, I loved his answer about being who's the best tennis player in the Shifley family <laughs> at this moment. Some pretty good tennis players in that family. Uh let's get to handing out the Jets Rewards for this week. Uh just go to JetsRewards.ca and punch in the code word butterfly. As in That's why I forgot.
0: Go the into beautiful the beautiful butter. butterfly.
1: <laughs> butterfly. As in
3: the <laughs> flappy things that Fly it through the air. This week's podcast brought to you by the letter B. Butterfly. (laughs) Um, So, yes, do that, and you'll have yourself 50 Jets rewards. Thanks so much for listening to Ground Control this week. Uh, Mitch always wants to know about this. Uh, Young Daniel Moss went on this road trip. I bugged him before you guys left. I've been doing this for 25 years. Never been to the Bell Center in Montreal. How
1: were the hot dogs? You know what? I didn't have one. Oh, no, you didn't have one. No, no, I didn't. But uh, there was word that one uh, media member, I don't think he was from Winnipeg, I heard them say he had five Whoa. and I was like that is a shift. <laughs> that like that is tough. Like their their media meal had like there's some pasta to it and all that kind right. of stuff too. So uh, I'm a huge pasta guy, so I was full on pasta. So you weren't uh, going for any hot dogs? No.
0: Young um, Moss
3: is kind of smiling in the corner here, so it looks like he had his self. Yeah. How hot good dogs. are they, Tyler?
0: They're amazing. I like how they're, they're sort of
3: flattened. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, delicious. The way you describe them, just, I need to go to the Bell yes. Center. That I, was I, the only regret. I need to talk to my boss about getting on the trip next year, <laughs> about the Montreal trip. No. I need, okay. <laughs> the schedule isn't even out yet, and I'm not on the trip next year <laughs> <Yeah>. to Montreal. <laughs> yes, Daniel? Can I add something? You sure can. Uh, about uh,
0: Montreal. So when we got into the rink, I saw that the press box went all the way around the roof, mm-hmm. sort of like in a in a big, giant circle. And so I was excited to head up there. But once we actually got up there, I realized it's not like our press box, which is attached to like the top corner of the rink. It's suspended from the ceiling. So anytime anybody walked behind me, I could feel the whole thing bouncing. And meanwhile, we're like 10 stories up. I didn't like that. It's
1: a different feel. Yeah.
0: (laughs) It's kind of weird, yes. You wouldn't know, though, right, Jimmy?
3: Oh, that, oh, <laughs> oh that just buried it. Not going next year, you'll never know about the suspension bridge inside the Bell Center uh, going on. But um, just so many good things going on for this hockey club right now that you can be excited about because they've had this drop off a little bit with the three-game losing streak. But now you still remain in first. You still have the games in hand. Now you come back home for a three-game homestand. Nikolai Elyers is getting closer and closer, to returning. Some good feelings around the hockey club, I imagine. And, and I don't want to say so much relief because of that win in Buffalo, but that was just such an important win, yeah. the way things had gone. And you talking about they had their opportunities in Ottawa, but to grind out a win on the road in the final yeah. game just says so much. And
1: be, and be patient with yeah. the game as well. That was one of the big things. Um, as far as Nikolai Ehlers, like, uh, the team practiced at uh, the Sensplex the day before the game against Ottawa, and Ehlers was out there non-contact again. But, uh, was working with, uh, director of high performance, Craig White, and, you know, Ehlers has been skating for a bit, but a lot of times I think it's just conditioning. He's not really doing much with the puck, but, uh, at, uh, Sensplex, he was, he was stick-handling a lot, he was moving around, uh, cones and all that stuff, looked really confident doing it. Um, so it looks like, uh, the puck handling is starting to come, so, uh. I mean, it's there's, they want to get a certain amount of time on it before he actually gets into a practice, but I believe Paul Maurice said then it was about seven or eight days away. Uh, so that's it's been about two or three days since then, so he's uh, getting closer. Three games this week,
3: three teams, kind of well in the playoff afterthought as we speak. I know Colorado's fighting their way back into the picture as well, but they have the Rangers, Colorado, and the Ottawa Senators here at Bell MTS Place in a three-game homestand. Tyler, what are you looking forward to seeing the most, and maybe? The, the power play? or uh, Yeah, I yeah. think, you know, building off of what I said prior to the Mark Shifley
0: interview was that, you know, the power play. You look at the power play, and against Buffalo, they had one opportunity. So mm-hmm. the sample size to necessarily judge what the the experiment has been so far isn't there. You know, you play those two games against Ottawa and Montreal, which, you know, were tough ones for the Winnipeg Jets. And I just don't think that judging the power play at this point, that specific power play strategy... Is fair, so um, you know. Let's let's hope we get some more opportunities coming up this week against those three teams. should be uh, Should be a fun little run here. Uh, you know, we got uh, what is it? we got. You can play night. We got a Wassack night coming up. Lots to look forward yeah, to wasac. down at Bell MTS Place.
3: Um, one last one before we uh, depart from this episode, uh, Mitch. The fourth line just continues to produce for the Jets. Cop Lemieux and Appleton. Uh, I know Lemieux was a question mark heading the game against Buffalo. Yeah. But overall, the fourth-line's production on the on the road trip was was great, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, Brendan Lemieux just continues to find the back of the net. I mean, obviously, he'd be the first to say he would have liked to have uh, scored against uh, Ottawa and Montreal a little bit earlier in the game, but uh, they all count in terms of, uh, you know, your, your stats, his first full season in the National Hockey League. Andrew Kopp has just been an absolute monster at centre. He's been unbelievable. And Mason Appleton, you could just see the confidence just continue. To get uh, bigger and 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 more more pronounced. I mean, against Buffalo, he took Rasmus Tulliin wide and beat him. Like yeah. that's just not it's. And Rasmus Tulliin is a, is a really good skater. Maybe didn't have the game that he would have liked against the Jets, but still, that's to beat a guy like that one on one. You got to have your feet moving, and that's uh, that's what Appleton did. So the three of them just. At, Paul Murray said he was a big reason why the Jets were able to roll the lines as much as they did. Uh, because all the special teams in the second period, they kind of lost uh, that fourth line a little bit. But come the third period, they, it was a regular rotation.
3: Great stuff. Welcome back from the road trip. Thank you. You look better than ever. Try. Same with you, Young Moss. Thanks yeah. for uh, sharing your fear of heights uh, in the Bell Center uh, and all that stuff. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening. Another edition of Ground Control. We'll talk to you next week.
1: This is Big Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. For Jets news, videos, and more, head to winnipegjets.com.